the Modeling Empowered Narratives Podcast, where we work towards mastering empathetic navigation. I'm your co-host, Jordan Flowers. we got the big man, BJ Wilson, in the building, and the lightest of us all, Jay yes. Mosley, in the building. How we doing today, fellas? We back for another edition of Going With The Flow. I think this is volume two. Am I correct? Actual volume two. We got a, we got a third episode, or this will be the third episode of it out, though. Yeah, we had the point yeah. five because of the uh, yeah. little key Glock incident. Still mm-hmm. can't believe he... That whole, you know what? We gonna leave that yeah, in the past. Let's go know. check that out. No, yeah, he didn't have to let me know. No, he didn't have to let me know. No, yeah, we could tag him, bro. But yeah. anyway, man, uh, go ahead and check that episode out. That was a great episode. Um, depending on how you like it, it was not great for me, but it was a dope episode. But before we get into it, you know what to do: subscribe, like, share, comment on your favorite it's podcast, me. man. Well. Yeah, you might as well, man. It's love. It's love. It's love if you share us. So um, we just want to continue to give y'all the content that y'all love and what we love to create as well. So without further ado, you know, I am in the building. We got the crew neck guys in the building. Look at, I think we all wearing crew necks. No, no crew neck. Long sleeve. Long sleeve. Hey, so a little uh, life update with your boy, because we haven't since the last episode. Yeah. Shout out to them Terps, man. Uh, Maryland Terrapins. Your boy is now a terrapin, which I just found out uh, is a little turtle. Ooh. Did we know what that is? You are a little turtle. Baby turtle is tough. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, man, the baby turtle. So, um, really, um, really life changing uh, update for me. I'm going back to school, which the guys on the podcast they've been knowing how much I've been stressing over that for yeah. the last couple of months. So. Um, really, really cool thing for me to get back into school. It's a long, long trip. I think that's a 19-hour drive that I'll be making up there. But uh, Jordan, I need you to fix real quick. How, how many what? people got accepted into that program? Ooh, Three, five. Ooh. Trenta y cinco. Is there a zero after that? No zero. No zero? No zero. No zero. No zero. Yeah, got 35 in there, man. So I got into the master's program of clinical psychological science at the University of Maryland. Shout out to all the people that believed in me. Uh, I will say this, though. This little what's the name? Because y'all know I'm a Carolina guy. Mm-hmm. It did hurt my heart, fellas. Now, did Maryland, Maryland is the place for me to be. All right. Before I say this, but it did hurt my heart that I got that call two days later, that email two days later from the University of North Carolina. That that hurt. But I already got accepted. I already enrolled. So we a Terrapin. We a little turtle. And we move forward, man. But shout out to little turtles. Shout out to, shout out to all the little turtles out there, man. It'll be a blast. But let's get into today. Going with the flow on volume two. And we want to continue to make sure this is lighthearted. We got three are the best guys um, outside of hell. I love my mans, but he's not in on this one. So um, we just want to make sure that we continue, like I said, to give this great content. But this is also a refreshing thing for us because it's a little bit um, a little bit different from what we do within our seasons. Right. Which is a little bit more scripted, a little bit more interviewee, you know, that type of thing. So uh, just keep you up to date on some of the things that's going on in the world and just our perspectives on it. So with that being said, 
since we gave it a little rundown. Um, I'm going to pay it to my man, BJ, who will be sharing our first event um, up for discussion. Go ahead. Yeah, so literally just today, I don't know. Uh, do y'all know who uh, Bob Lee is? I was not aware of him. Okay. No, I'm not, not aware of today. Yeah, so he's the founder of Cash App. You know, I'm big in technology, so I like to look at tech stuff every now and then in the mornings. And uh, so he was apparently stabbed earlier this morning, and he ended up passing away. So rest in peace to Bob Lee. But uh, so this man's the founder of Cash App, worth millions of dollars, you know, and he, he's only 43. So he's a relatively young guy uh, and he's accomplished a lot. And I think uh, a lot of times when we make a lot of money, people are quick to uh, assume that bad things don't happen to you anymore, that it kind of solves all your problems. And uh, so far in all the reports I've seen, there's been no like sign of this having anything to do with his money. It just kind of seems like he kind of got mugged like it was just a, a unfortunate accident. It wasn't premeditated or anything, which is kind of terrifying to think about. So uh, my question for y'all is, do you guys believe that money can solve problems slash lead to happiness? And I'm sorry with you, Jordan, because your, your gear's already grinding. I see. Ah, the gear's already grinding. A uh, couple things. And I was going to go with a little psychological thing, but we staying away from that. So let's get into it. Do I think money can solve happiness in a lot of ways yes and no i lean more to the yes for the simple fact that um coming from it depends on what you came from right um i come from a, a underdeveloped community i come from a single parent household so i understand that money in a lot of ways when it was a lot tighter um it was cool for us to have the not only be able to take care of necessities but also have some to add on, whether that's, you know, I'm an avid shoe collector and just having the bells and whistles of life and stuff like that. So um, I don't think it can buy happiness in itself, though. I say that it gets you to a point to where you're able to be stable. Um, you're able to um, now be enjoy the luxuries and the fruit of your labor. Um, if you're able to come into that amount of money and work your way out, if you come from the background that I come from or you come from even poverty or you come from um, lower um, socioeconomic status. And so I, I say all that to say is money in a way gives you a sense of of ability to do a little bit extra, right, from what the norm is. And that's the thing about America is, is we're kind of built on the land of dreams, right? Kind of, you know, all these opportunities where money is a part of all the opportunities you're going to get, right? You got to spend money to do all these things. And so I do believe that it can give you a, a, a level of satisfaction, but do I think it in entirety can solve uh, happiness? No, I think that's an internal thing. And that's one of the things that we talk about, especially on this podcast is that that has to be something in, within yourself. And I, I'll end my, my answer on this is we always talk about how money can change people. But I think one of the things that, you know, and it's a saying is that money makes you more of who you already are. Right. So a lot of people that come into money that haven't had money, they either become more frugal if they were already frugal. Some people um, become more if they were uh, a spend a lot and they wasn't really, you know, putting things to the side. They're going to spend a lot when they get more money. It's going to be the same kind of habits for the most part. And so, I think it can attain a level of satisfaction, but I don't think in its entirety you can come into a level of happiness and peace with just money alone. I definitely feel that. Definitely feel that. Trey, thoughts on it? 
what I would say is that don't get me wrong. If I had a whole lot of money, I would be a whole lot happier in some aspects. But I wouldn't say that money buys like all of your problems away and all of that. I would just say that the happiness that you would get would just be short term happiness, more like objective things, more like you buying the fast cars, the nice boats, going on these fancy vacations. Like that's all fine and dandy. And of course, everyone wants to do that. But at the same time, you would still be that same person you were before you had money, those same internal problems that you did have whether that is struggling with going through the days and just having motivation to do different things. Even if you had money, you would still feel those certain type of ways. And that's how you see like a lot of celebrities will have mental breakdowns and stuff like that. Just because they have all this money doesn't mean all their mental problems go away. I still think it's important to check on yourself and be able to like fix yourself before you have all that money. And even if you get all that money, just fast, say you get drafted and then you sign for millions of dollars. I still think you should be working towards like making yourself better, even though you have all that money instead of using all that money to hide all of your pain. So I would definitely say that you can get more happiness with more money because you will be able to do more things. But at the same time, you aren't going to be able to just buy away all your problems just because you have millions of dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely agree with you. And I, you know, we see a perfect example, all the stuff that's happened with Kanye, all the stuff that we've seen happen with Antonio Brown, you know, these guys have all the money you could ever ask for, but they're still going through things. And, you know, it's hard to see. Uh, personally, I do also, I think money can give you that certain amount of satisfaction. Honestly, for me personally, I think one of the greatest things about having that money is the, what you're able to do with it. So whether that's building generational wealth or, you know, you're making sure that your kids can get into college and you know that you have that like set up, that would be amazing for me. That would give me general happiness. But I also know for a fact that, you know, it wouldn't just solve every single problem like I, I have, like you uh, mentioned earlier. So I definitely agree with both of you on that. Absolutely. And like like I said, going back, I, I said I was going to say a psychological concept, but I'm edging. Okay, so guys, let me let me scratch. Let me scratch my itch. Um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and he talks about there's certain needs that need to be met, like the basic needs of food, water, and shelter. And then you know you get into those higher level of, uh, of needs, which we talked about in one of the episodes with self actualization, which is the top of the pyramid, right? And then in between, you got love and you got belongingness and all those things. So the thing of it is, is that those basic needs have to get met before you can enjoy those, you know what money can bring you right if you don't have love you we again we see it on a constant basis whether it's in celebrity but particularly in our society is that money doesn't solve those internal problems it just doesn't right again it is it comes from within but if you have a solid foundation of who you are before you come into that which a lot of us especially with the society that we in we come into money quickly it's not really people build into a lot of money most people come into it and so there's a lot of excuse absolutely so there's a lot of like immaturity like there's not a lot of personal growth before you come into like especially for like think about nba players like they 18 years old think about what we was doing at 18 god forbid i go back to 18 year old George. <laughs> <laughs> like think about coming into millions of dollars at 18 years old the amount of um, immaturity and now you're allotted to do anything pretty much that you want with that amount of immaturity and not coming into like building that wealth there's a lot that comes into that. So money doesn't solve everything, but it sure as hell uh, will be nice to be having that. 
Right. So right. tell Spotify to cut the check and YouTube. Uh, but let's <laughs> let's let's shift into the to the next topic, and I'll go into this one, which we kind of on the heavy side. Me and BJ kind of leaned a little bit on the heavy side with the, our our events, but they're important to talk about. So recently. I want to say last week or the week before we had that school shooting in Nashville in the elementary school um, where three um, innocent kids were killed and three um, faculty were killed um, tragically. And we want to before I get into the questions and just dialogue, I want to make sure that uh, we take the time to acknowledge the families that go through those things, particularly in this event um, there. There's a lot of grieving that's going to go into this. Right. There's a lot of people that's broken heart. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of things that's culminated within not just this event, but the culmination of all the school shootings that we've kind of become a little bit numb and norm to um, within our society. So we want to make sure that for us, that we send our condolences and our our heartfelt message of love and comfort and all those things to those people that are going through these senseless acts or senseless acts of violence. But going back to the topic of it was those three uh, children killed and those three adults. And we obviously the body cam footage came out where the police um, responded and was able to um, eliminate the threat of who was in the building. And so we want to give a uh, special uh, thank you to those. to So it didn't end even more tragic for a lot more families as well. So um, one of the, the things that I was writing down when I was thinking about this question and one of the things that came to my mind is, the, when we thought about school shootings, the phenomenon of school shootings, when it comes particularly to the United States, which we know is disproportionately much more of a phenomenon for us here rather than the rest of the country or the rest of the world, my yeah. fault. So um, I was looking up the facts of school shootings. So since the infamous first school shooting that we all think of, which is Columbine in Colorado, right? Since Columbine, the school shooting, there has been 377 additional school shootings which columbine happened in the year 1999 so we we're talking about 23 years 24 years 377 and if you could do the math which i'm not good at math i'm not going to divide that up but you can see how many school shootings that we're having on average a year and that is a that's something that it's an epidemic now it's not something like an isolated incident and so my that goes into my question and i'll i'll pan to you first bj in terms of these school shootings we we talk about ways within society of how to go about um preventing these things from happening right whether that's from the mental health aspect whether that's from gun restriction whether it's gun laws all of those things that we kind of keep spinning the wheels which are all some good solutions but some of the things that we keep keep getting at with really no way of really enacting those things for it to happen where we can prevent these things from happening. So my question to y'all is, and I'll pan to you again, BJ, is are there other ways we can go about preventing these things? Are there some small ways within society we could do it? Even on like a basis level of us as just uh, uh, a single entity, a single person, what are some ways we can go about checking in on people? And do you think this is a more of a mental health crisis is this more of a gun crisis within our country or is it a little bit of both? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just starting out with checking in on people, you know, we always preach it, check, checking on your family, checking on your friends, you know, even if they're, you know, not really willing to talk to you, just knowing that somebody's there for you might be helpful and it could prevent an incident like this. Uh, you know, the people who are willing to talk, they might 
mention something that could help prevent something like this. So it's just extremely important to talk to people. Uh, in terms of preventing it, I don't remember. I, I want to say I saw it on uh, some Google thing popped up, but uh, I believe, and I don't know the year either, but UK, the UK had a one school shooting and then they had a ban on uh, assault rifles. And then since whatever year that was, they haven't had a single other one since then. So, I mean, obviously uh, America is big on, you know, uh, you, sh you can have your guns, you know, freedom of speech, all that. But, or the right to bear arms, I don't know why I said freedom of speech, but at a certain point, there, there's a connection with the guns. I also believe there's a big connection with mental health, though. We got to do a better job of making sure that we're taking care of people who who need the help and make sure they're getting that help to, uh, you know, keep things like this from happening. You know, it's a very scary Absolutely. situation. Absolutely. I'll go to you, Trey, with that same question. Is there anything that you we could do from our level or even a community level or um, from a law standing uh, kind of level of kind of preventing these things from these tragic events from continuing to happen at the, the pace and the rate that they're happening? So I would definitely say that it's, two-sided like you said bj to where there's mental health aspect also the gun violence aspect and having the right to have guns having all these big guns like personally i don't really understand why people need to have assault rifles i don't see who you would need to fight with an assault rifle that you can use with a pistol i don't see what animal you're hunting that you would need an assault rifle instead of a pistol or a shotgun it just doesn't really make sense for people to be able to walk around the streets with semi-automatic or automatic weapons for just normal, just everyday things. Like what are you truly going to use that for? That's going to do any good in any aspect. But then, and then also I would say that in our communities, I think we need to start being more active in mental health. I think that that has been a bigger thing going forward now. And a lot of people are starting to recognize this and a lot of school systems are starting to recognize that mental health is a big issue. But I still think people in their communities, like family members, you should be encouraging all of your family that it's okay to talk about what's going on with you and like things that are happening in your life and not be afraid to just put that away. I also think that in schools, they should start openly talking about mental health more at younger ages. So that way they're more exposed. I would say like, once kids are starting to hit puberty and mature, when they're starting to make people take those health classes with the birds and the bees and all those type of courses, I also think that they should be start introducing mental health and like different aspects of mental health and how you can and can can help and hurt yourself in those different situations of however you're feeling. And with all those, like I feel like if we combine the two, then I feel that we would be back with the same numbers as like, how you talked about how Britain hasn't had any, like, I think we would be lower in those numbers. I don't think it would go away, but I think it would drastically decrease admit, the amount of times it happens. Absolutely. And you said something very key in there and there's a lot to unpack here and I'll keep it brief. But one of the things that you just said and you kind of hit on is, and I know this is a sucky part and people might kind of get on us, but the fact of the matter is there's no way of definitively preventing nothing from happening. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's hard and it's a hard thing because it kind of comes from the angle of, oh, well, you're inhumane or, you know, and that's not where I'm more so saying, but I understand and I'm under and I I'm working the field and I understand that with the laws, with the society that we're in, 
um, it's kind of like we're fighting behind the eight ball. We're fighting an uphill battle, but at the same time, people are going to do what they feel the need to do, right? Whether in then they take heinous actions like these. So the fact of the matter is, do I think it can be a definitive zero? I, I couldn't say yes, but do I think we could get near to that zero? Absolutely. And I say that because, and it goes back to y'all from the gun side, and I'll spend just a tad on that and then more on the mental health side, but from the gun side, like you said, there's no need for assault rifles. I don't really feel like there's a need for me to be carrying around an AR-15 or AK-47 or whatever case may be. Now, do I believe in the second minute of terms of being able to tote a pistol or whatever the case may be to protect myself from harm? Then yes, I mean, I'm, I'm in agreement with that, right? I understand and I come from the background. Like I said, I come from that where some people do need to be protected like you don't want to go out here openly and feel like you're behind in a sense of i'm not able to protect myself um against somebody that might be a superior person that's coming and enforcing their will on me and so i think a pistol and maybe a rifle for hunting is where i draw the line though you know what i'm saying i don't think and more so even on the gun side and i won't get into this but I, it's it's getting a little bit scary and it's getting a little bit crazy because now we're seeing an uptick of what they're putting switches on these guns, dog. Like they're making like pistols, like fully automatic. Like it's crazy. We got that. We got 3D printed guns. Like there's so much technology that goes into where I'm able to now have the ability to put my hands on a, a weapon that I'm able to shoot from a distance or take somebody's life from a distance without any training, without any will, without any regard. And so shifting to the mental health side of the things is from the community aspect and from the people aspect, like I said, it's just to be kind of more aware of those people that we kind of ostracize, those people that are kind of lonely and kind of bringing them into the circle, kind of having those talks, but understanding that those people that you, you kind of can identify from, whether that's faculty, whether that's a friend, whether that's from the grassroots level of being a student, is to not always perpetuate and always be on top of them about, hey, what's wrong? Hey, what's wrong? Hey, what's wrong? Right? Because in a lot of senses, a lot of these people, a lot of these school shooters, and I'm not condoning their actions, so let me say that first. But I understand that everything that the people do, good, evil, bad, ugly, all that is for a reason, right? These people are grieving, and their way of going about grieving and anger and hate and all that stuff is per just put on other people and it fatally takes other people's lives. And from the mental health aspect, I understand, but I don't condone that action. They, they should be condemned and they should be punished for that. But before we can even get to that point where that could happen for those people, how about we bring them in and say, Hey, you know what? I see you. I feel you. I understand you. You might not think that I do, but just words of encouragement. It's not always got to be like, dang, what's wrong with that kid? Why is he always the weird kid? Like, why is he always over there by himself and doing all that? How about one person or two people kind of say, hey, man, let me, how you doing, man? Let me introduce myself. Like, those things go a long way, but we just don't ever view it as those things that can prevent these tragic things from happening. And it's a sad reality of the world, but at the end of the day, um, it's something that we have to address. And I think those stricter gun laws us having uh, normalizing and just having those conversations about what mental health and adversity and dealing with grief and what, how grief is displayed in other people, all those conversations need to be had from a grassroots level. And on the way we can do that um, in terms of the kids, 
is the as we're older adults have those conversations with our within ourselves and when we have offsprings make that a normal thing in our own households to pass down within our community so with that being said i want to shift into um our next topic which is very much lighthearted. yeah not yeah. not serious guy you know i'm gonna break a little <laughs> yeah, bit yeah light-hearted man let's shift to trey man what you got on the uh what you got so, on the menu for what i'm gonna talk about today is um everybody knows march madness is over now we got the two champs we got LSU and UConn, women's and men's, respectively. Um, I'm, I want to talk about the – there's been a lot of fuss and talk about on Twitter, all over ESPN, all about the Kaitlyn Clark, Angel Reese situation that happened in the women's game where there was videos of Kaitlyn doing the you-can't-see-me face to one of the players in the game before, and then Angel Reese comes back and does the same thing in the championship game after the buzzer rang. She, like, chased her down, showing her the ring finger, waving her face, things like that. Just all natural trash talk like people do. Everybody does it. You do it when you're playing pickup basketball. You do it when you're playing any sport, honestly. It's what makes sports fun. It makes what's makes sports competitive. and make It, like, realizes all those emotions that you have within sports, why you love the game so much, why you get that rush when you're playing sports. It just really gathers it all up in one action and you're seeing all that passion that people have. And what I would say for everybody is that my question for you guys is, do you think that Angel Reese was out of line with what she did? Do you think that she was overboard or do you think that it's all for the love of the game? Just trash talking and they're trash talking back. Do you think she was out of line because it wasn't even directed towards her and she took somebody else's, trash talk and brought it upon herself. And I'll start with BJ with this one. Um, So, and just as the initial general answer, no, she wasn't out of line at all. Like it's literally just basketball. I don't see any problem with it. The chasing down after, uh, you know, for like 10 seconds or whatever it was, I was like, at first I was like, eh, you won and just move on. But I'm like, you know what? She won, she gets to talk, so whatever. Uh, personally, I don't really talk trash when I play sports. Uh, I'm more of like make jokes with the people I'm playing against. That's just how I, how I go. Uh, so I've never really been too much of a trash talker. But, you know, I see plenty of my teammates do it, and it usually makes me laugh, even when the other team's talking to uh, us, even if we're the ones who lost. So I don't see any problem with it. Uh, yeah, no, there's no one in the wrong here anywhere. So that means that when we got you mic'd up, when you in the league, bro, that means you're gonna be telling jokes to Jason Kelsey or something. Like, what's up? Of course. Yeah, what's yeah, what's good? What's good? You got me next to Jason. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I got him in that yeah, jet. That, uh, one, uh, that uh, I just want to rock dance together. Yeah. Hey, insert the clip right now. Yeah, I got him in that jet uniform. No, don't worry about that, bro. I already bro, got what? it. All right, talk to all right, call Joe Douglas up. about the fact that you guys are the most losingness or la- have the biggest playoff drought. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, never mind. Let's get back it to Trey. Matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Listen, before we get back to Trey, Rogers is on his way. Oh, it's bowl season. Here we and go. you know what I'm talking about. J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. That's all I had to say. Go ahead, Trey. Uh, we'll um, we'll definitely bounce. We'll bounce to you. Just going back, talking about Angel Reese, Kaylin Clark. Do you think she was out of line? Do you think 
for the love of the game. What are your thoughts on just all taunting, trash talk, all that? Absolutely. So let me preface it with this. Uh, I am a trash talk connoisseur. Uh, I'm highly competitive. Uh, if y'all, I can't repeat half of what I used to say on the field on this podcast because it's modeling power narratives where we master empathetic navigation. So um, I'm not going to get into that type of thing. But listen, as a person that trash talks himself, I love the game of trash talk. I'm going to give you a quick story real quick. The basic answer is no. I don't think anybody was wrong. I love what Caitlin came out and said about, you know, I don't think uh, Angel did anything wrong. This is a part of the game, stuff like that. And Angel came out and pretty much said the same thing. I think we kind of blew it out of proportion because this happens on literally every given Sunday in football, literally in, fo in football and track and any men's sport. This literally happens. This is not even a story, bro. We just like, oh, that's just competitive nature, whatever the case might be. So I do think the women part plays a factor and the race part plays a factor, but that's not what I'm going to get into. Before I get into what I'm about to say, though, I will take a jab at Iowa as a fellow Nebraskan. It brings me so much joy, so much joy to see Iowa fans in shambles. What a hater. That was so wonderful what for me hater. to see Iowa saying. If you was from Omaha, but you would understand what it's like to see Iowa fans complain and cry and moan. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, it's my like when we see uh, Kansas City lose uh, when yeah. we get happy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh my my answer to all of that is to say and uh and I want to I'm not going to tell that quick story actually cuz that was going to be it's going to be a long story. I'll tell that <laughs> off the air. Uh the the point of it is is that this is what's good for the game for women's the women's game. Like we're talking about two people that feel their fierce competitors competitors, their rivals, it makes it so much better they're both coming back for their senior years next year. Right, that just the viewership. I think it was nine point nine million, which is higher. Yeah, it was crazy and expands the game. So how can we sit here and especially and I'm gonna put this on us as men? How can we sit here as men? Because that's who I was seeing on the Twitter hand having all these. Well, this is a class list and all of that and clutching their pearls. How oh, dare she? Like you know what I'm saying? This is what's good for women's game. And if Caitlin Clark. The person that it happened to doesn't have a problem. How are you more outraged to the person that it happened to? That doesn't make any sense to me. So this is what's good for the game. There's two fierce competitors. I don't think anybody crossed the line. It made you tune in. You're going. To, we're going to want. If you wasn't interested, like you, like some of us are. If you wasn't interested, you wanted to tune in. Like I was on my way back from Minnesota, and I was like, I got to get back into this game. I got to watch this game. So it's helped push this game forward. And then when it helps push the game forward, and it don't look Ladylike, now it's a lot of pushback. So I think both of them was in the right, and I love how they both going about their business. They do it in different ways, but it's good for women's basketball and it's good for women's sports in general. Before we move on, I do got a, a quick question, uh, just uh, kind of based off what you said. Did anyone, like, I wasn't on Twitter too much, but I've seen some of the highlights of it. Did anyone see anybody that actually plays sports at all think that it was classless or say anything bad about it? <laughs> Like the people that actually know anything about what it means to be a competitor—that's how it normally is. Yeah, it was just—it was just the suits. It was just the the people that don't know what it's really like, and I, I hate that so much. Do you know, like, bro? Like, if you've never played at a high competitive level, like, I don't feel like you could. There's certain things. Do I appreciate media and sports media, even the people that haven't played at a high level? Yes. Do I think they? Yes. But it's certain things I think you just can't touch on because you got to be in it to even experience it. 
Don't yeah. talk about competitiveness, bro. Like, I feel like I'm one. We were some of the nicest people, bro. When I got on that gridiron, I was saying some unholy, ungodly things that I had to go home and repent on, bro. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and you just get caught up in the, the emotions of the game. So, like, if you never experienced that, I feel as though there's certain things you can't talk on. Talking about classes, my thing is, and I'll, and I'll end it on this from my perspective is, when you start name calling, and I'm not going to say, I'm not even going to give credit to the who person that said this, mm. but we all know this. When you start name calling, especially another woman, calling her a piece of crap, piece of, let's just call it what it was, a piece of shit, classes, piece of shit, like, that's where you start drawing the line, man. Now you're attacking somebody's character. I'm not about to play. You know what I'm saying? I feel as though you sports media stick to talking about the actual basketball game. When you start talking about people's character, you you and lost all respect with me, dog. And I think that's what kind of that's my biggest takeaway from that. Trey. Yeah, I would definitely say I agree with you, Jordan. Like all of the people that are just jumping in and they really don't have an idea of like what it's like. And they're just jumping in trying to say their part of the story and say how they would never do that. But you wouldn't be in the situation in the first place. You were in that situation with that many people around you, that much adrenaline going with knowing what it meant when having winning that championship, being the first LSU team to like really put LSU basketball on the map, defeating South Carolina, like all those different things they were building up to and how everybody counted them out. And then everybody thought Caitlin Clark was the savior and Iowa was going to win. Nobody was going to beat Iowa, all that emotion and all that buildup. Like they wouldn't understand that because they weren't a part of that process. They weren't in those 7 a.m. sprints at in February, March, they weren't in the 7 a.m. sprints over the summer when basketball season was nowhere near anything. Like, they just weren't in all of those emotions that built up to that. So I don't think that they have the room to try to tell people how they should or shouldn't feel when they accomplished everything they ever dreamed of. Absolutely, man. And that's what that's all it comes down to is the commitment, the time and all that. That's why every time we see a draft, every time you see somebody win a champion, you see like them break down. You know what I'm saying? It's not even really about getting there, man. It's really about knowing how much went into getting there, like the doubt the being tired being stressed homework all that stuff that goes into college like all of that man injuries all of that like all of that hits you at one time and if you never felt that if you've never competed at a high level bro you usually you you're not able to speak on that from my perspective now you can speak on it but i feel as though we should take things with a grain of salt the fact of the matter is you people kind of eat like ingratiating themselves into something that they don't know anything about let's just stick the ball Let's stick to the numbers. Let's stick to what you know and what you saw. When you start talking about stuff that, that happened in between them lines on a personal level, dog, if you never kind of experienced that, then just, yeah. Good luck, Charlie. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, great episode, man. Going with the flow, volume two. Um, we're going to start cranking these out more and more. Um, got a lot of exciting announcements that's coming up here uh, shortly. We're actually preparing for... Uh, yeah, preparing for season three. Um, so getting that in a row. Um, and I'm not about to throw my man in the bus, but he know I gotta mention him. BJ's getting ready and uh he's been doing a lot of training and all of that stuff to get him prepared for the next level. And we want to make sure that we give a shout out to our main man BJ for the work that he's putting in to get to the next level and all those things. So now that certain things are starting to fall in line for all four of us as a collective group, man, I think the sky is the limit for us, and we're gonna start cranking out these more. And uh, you'll start seeing our little 
pretty little faces, if I can say that. Definitely getting down to business, man. We're um, all in now. Everybody's finally in their ways, finally getting that journey that we have been setting out for for so long. We have been dreaming about. Everybody's finally starting to realize what they wanted to do in life, and uh, we're ready to crank this out and get this man going. Get it going, man. Any parting words with you, BJ? Uh, well, man, I just had a, a point right after uh, what you was finishing up saying about that. Uh, you're talking about people getting drafted, you know, when they get to that championship. If y'all are, well, y'all know, but if y'all, the collective y'all knew what I was had had to get through to get to this point, if I get drafted in 28 days, y'all not gonna hear the end of it. I ain't gonna lie, and yeah. I will. Yeah, I just you on the golf course with it. Remember? Oh yeah, we on the golf course. Pull up yeah. if you want, and yeah, man, we gotta and we gotta turn up for sure, man. We gotta turn up, especially for our guy. And um, and I'll say this too, man, to end this, man. It couldn't happen to nobody uh greater from my my perspective, just knowing and going back to our season one episode when we were talking about all the injuries that we all battled, right? But yours coming like man, dang at like the worst kind of possible moment mm-hmm. that it probably could have happened. Injury I ever had in college. Man, in sports, yeah, first time, yeah, Yeah. and like the timing of it, like it was just like, damn, two games left in the season, halfway through. Mm. So, man, just for you to even be in a position and just to see your growth and just to see how much you battle back, not even on the physical side, because I know how hard that is, but I know the commitment that goes into that, and I know you're committed to that. But I want to commend you for the mental battle, and we all know. That's the hardest battle is the mental side of those those long term injuries. So we'll definitely be celebrating and we manifest my boy is going to get picked up by an NFL organization that's in the green, that's up and residing in New York. So be <laughs> mad about it. I ain't gonna lie to you. Wouldn't be mad about it slightly. Absolutely. So um, another uh, episode with Going to Flow. Before we end, make sure that you like, subscribe, share, comment, all those things. We want to make sure that we get our feedback. Um, on the content that you love and just continue to push us out there. We're doing this on our own. We take time out. We write these things down. We doing collaborating, all these things. So we appreciate the love and the support, the genuine support that we've been um, getting. And we hope that we can continue to do the things that's uh, getting y'all through your day, whether y'all listening to us in the car, y'all watching us on YouTube. We appreciate all the love that you continue to give us. So with that being said, thank you guys for uh, sharing this uh, episode with us and we shall see you shortly. See you guys. Mm-hmm. See ya.